Shoe Dog, a memoir by the creator of Nike, by Phil Knight. Everyone in the world today covets Nike, a shoe giant and household brand that everyone knows of. The story of Nike and how it all started is very interesting and inspiring. Let us begin with the man behind one of the world's leading brands in the shoemaking industry, namely Phil Knight. He is an ambitious man who turned his crazy idea into reality. Phil Knight was finishing his college in the 60s at University of Oregon. Puma and Adidas were already huge companies. At this university, he happened to be on the school's track and field team and met his coach, Bill Bowerman. During these years, running is not a thing, and there was no such thing as right running shoes. That's why Bill Bowerman was fascinated in experimenting and optimizing his running shoes to make it lighter. After he graduated at the University of Oregon, he took an MBA program at Stanford. His crazy idea started when he wrote a final paper entitled, Japanese Companies Are Poised to Burst Into the Shoe Market Just As They Had for Cameras and Displacing the German Incumbent. He spent months writing his final college paper for this idea. He devoured everything to learn about importing and exporting and about starting a company. He thought that if cameras from Japan can surpass Germany in the market, it can be concluded that the same goes for shoes made in Japan, where the labor was cheaper. However, after his formal presentation, he saw his classmates react with boredom, labored sighs, and vacant stares. But that doesn't stop him from excitement about his crazy idea. Along the way, right after his graduation, he started his travel ambitions with spiritual air. But there's one barrier that is common to many fresh college graduates. He has no money. With high hopes, he tried to ask for money from his father, who he described as obsessed with respectability and grounding in traditional values. Even if there's a low chance for his father to grant his wanderlust, to his surprise, his father allowed it. He traveled with his friend Carter at Hawaii for their first stop. They were amazed and entertained by the island life. They are surrounded with beautiful women, making Phil at the back of his mind saying that his plan, the crazy idea, can wait. They even entered a job as encyclopedia salesman. He is a terrible salesman, making him shift to another job as a cold caller to sell funds, even if he was not good at talking, but he knows his product well, making him earn more. But two months have passed. Phil decided to travel to Japan alone because Carter already met a girl in Hawaii and decided to stay. He went to Tokyo, Japan, learning about Zen and observing the rubble remaining from World War II. Phil believed that it was the time to act and make his idea into reality. There's a shoe brand, Onitsuka, that he liked especially. Their shoe line was called Tiger. He believed this will be a head start. So he set an appointment with the executives and traveled to Kobe, Japan. The whole time he was faking it. He told them that he was representing Blue Ribbon Sports of Portland, Oregon, since it was the only thing that popped out in his mind. Surprisingly, Onitsuka saw a great opportunity at America and let Knight distribute it. And just like that, Blue Ribbon started. He ordered plenty of shoes and asked them to ship it in Oregon. Upon signing the orders, he didn't have the means to pay for it, but having faith in himself, he knew that he will have the solution soon. He went back to Oregon with excitement, thinking that the shoes may have arrived. But it didn't. Days, 
weeks, and months have passed. He tried to contact the Onitsuka, and it responded that it will arrive soon. For the meantime, he took accounting classes and worked in a small accounting firm. But accounting was not his thing. After one year of waiting, the Onitsuka shoes arrived in 1964. Knight thinks they are beautiful. Immediately, he went to his former coach, Bill Bowerman, and brought him two pairs of shoes. Bowerman says not only he likes it, but he wants it. From then on, they decided to be business partners with a partition of 51-49, with Knight with the 51. Knight fills the basement with shoes. Later on, it was announced that the Blue Ribbon Shoes is the exclusive distributor of Onitsuka in the West. Knight worked hard to sell the shoes. He was really passionate about it, making their shoes sold out and order another bigger shipment of shoes. But suddenly, a wrestling coach claimed that he met with Onotsuka management and they made him the exclusive American distributor. Baffled, Knight writes to Onitsuka, yet no response received. After months of waiting with no shoes to sell, he decided to go to Japan to settle the dispute. His future could be decided here. He arranged a meeting with the founder of the company, Mr. Onitsuka himself. Knight explained thoroughly, and luckily Mr. Onitsuka saw himself to the young Knight. The founder granted Knight a sales of track shoes into Western States for three years. Knight was ecstatic. In 1965, the fast-growing company, run by ambitious Knight, was having issues in cash balance. In addition to that, Onitsuka is painfully unresponsive, making Knight have less time to sell shoes. It made each repayment loan tougher. Instead of giving up, Phil decided to work at Price Waterhouse to pay for the bills. He also hired his first full-time employee, a passionate runner, Jeff Johnson. He sells shoes in Los Angeles. The sales of the Red Ribbon kept doubling for the fifth year straight, but Knight can't still afford to not draw a salary. He decided to work in Portland State University as a teacher to cover up the bills. And there he met a striking young woman with blonde hair and blue eyes sitting in the front row. She reminds him of Cleopatra and Julie Christie. Her name is Penelope Parks. She is a star student. Knight offered her a job at Red Ribbon. She agreed. She completes miscellaneous operational tasks for Blue Ribbon. With an enthusiasm that lightens the air in their small worn-down office. Soon enough, Knight asks her out for a date, and they got married. In 1969, sales are poised to double for Blue Ribbon, now at $300,000 this year. Knight quit his job and decided to be a full-time in Blue Ribbon. Blue Ribbon finds a new office in Teagard. Woodell, the former runner in a wheelchair, is promoted to operations manager at Blue Ribbon. In 1970, the contract between Onitsuka and Phil is ending soon. Knight went to Japan to ask for another five-year contract. After all, a survey shows 70% of American runners own Tigers. But Onitsuka declined. Onitsuka keeps hampering Blue Ribbon with late shipments and the wrong shoes in each shipment. Knight was suspicious. In 1971, their suspicions are confirmed. Knight found out that there are 18 athletic shoe distributors in the U.S. Phil felt betrayed. He knew that Onitsuka will abandon them soon. To have a backup plan, he went to Guadalajara, Mexico, where Adidas had manufactured shoes. Phil visits and, impressed, places an order for 3,000 pairs of leather football shoes. For the shoes manufactured in Mexico, he needs a logo and a company name. 
Carolyn came up with a swoosh idea after multiple trials. But Phil doesn't love it, but he's left with no choice. Then they need to come up with a name. Phil proposes Dimension 6, which everyone hates. Jeff Johnson told them of his dream where the word Nike appears and suggested it. And Nike is the goddess of victory. So they move forward with their new name and logo. Unfortunately, the shoes manufactured in Mexico is disappointing. Knight was having trouble with money and trying to make another loan. Luckily, a Japanese trading company comes to the rescue. Nisho introduces Blue Ribbon to shoe manufacturers and genuine shoe dogs, people who devote themselves wholly to the making and selling of shoes. They visit a factory called Nippon Rubber. Knight shows them the Cortez that Bowerman designed. Phil describes shoes for a range of sports, including tennis, basketball, and running shoes. They got their first two athlete endorsements. Ili Nastas, the top-ranked Romanian tennis player in 1972, and Steve Prefontaine, a runner in 1973. The look of their Nike shoes was not only limited to sports, but also can be used daily. Sales kept on increasing, reaching across the household of America. Due to increasing demand, they decided to find another manufacturer in Japan, Taiwan, Korea, and Puerto Rico. Olympic Games in Montreal wore Nike shoes. Sales doubled again up to $14 million. In 1977, after negotiating with their manufacturer, Nike evolved. Shoes with air injected into the soles, making experts write that it was better than Adidas. To compete with Adidas, Nike also did not limit from shoes, but also to clothes. In 1980, Knight was fighting for survival against the U.S. government. A $25 million tax was settled in court for $9 million. Nike made an agreement to the Chinese market, making their athletes wear Nike shoes, as well as producing their shoes in Chinese factories. Nike went public, and Nike was worth $178 million. And in 2007, making Knight worth $10 billion, having stepped down as CEO. Meanwhile, Nike sales, which is $16 billion, surpassed Adidas. To end this, let me leave you words from Phil Knight. Have faith in yourself, but also have faith in faith. Not faith as others define it, faith as you define it. Faith as faith defines itself in your heart.